Hey, hey, good morning and welcome to my LinkedIn Live series. I call this social media pie because I bring on inspiring people to inform and educate you. And I want to welcome with me here today, John Gay. Hey, John, how are you doing this morning? Good, Brenda. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. I am really looking forward to this conversation and I want to welcome our audience as well. John and I, we met actually through a common connection, Laura Khalil. I'm going to give Laura a shout out in the comments in just a second here. Laura held an executive roundtable. And as I recall, John, I don't remember what the discussion was even about. Lead generation, maybe? or I, That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Something. We ended up connecting with each other on LinkedIn. I don't know if you reached out to me or if I reached out to you, but we had a conversation and I said, you know, at some point I want might want to repurpose my LinkedIn lives into a podcast. Is that something you can do? <laughs> and uh, we had a great conversation and I said, and you were telling me a little bit about your business. So, so John, for those people who don't know you that are watching us today, why don't you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your business? I have a podcast production company. My background is in audio, worked in radio for 15 years. And really, I believe that nobody knows your story better than you and I help you tell it. So I have clients that record podcasts on their own. They send it to me and I edit it and I take out the ums and uhs and likes and you knows and make everything sound broadcast quality. I have some clients that I co-host a podcast for and I have some clients that I help them conceptualize the show from start to finish, and I just produce it and engineer it, record it, take care of everything. All they've got to worry about is sitting in front of the mic and talking. I love it. So succinct, too. Did you guys love that introduction? It's almost like you have practiced that introduction before. Hey, I can talk up a 14-second Katy Perry intro like nobody's business. (laughs) Is that from your radio days? Like, what do they call it? Hitting the post? That's exactly what they call it. I'm glad you know the term. (laughs) I I don't remember where I know that from. My husband used to work um, back in radio, like, earlier on in his career, but I just remember that expression with you want to, you want to talk until the artist starts singing, but not over them. The listeners hate it when you talk over the vocal. <laughs> yes. Remember back in the day when we would record on our little cassettes Yes, and we were like, oh, we got the DJ talking over it. It's so annoying. Oh, the DJ ruined the whole song. <laughs> I wanted to hear that Bananarama song clean. Right. <laughs> Madonna back in the day too, right? We are going to be having this great chat today, guys. And I want to just kind of set this up and I'll remind you to continue to drop your comments in. So as you're coming in, introduce yourself, let us know where you're watching from. Um, we're going to be talking today about repurposing LinkedIn Lives into podcasts. You know, I've been learning LinkedIn Lives since, gosh, I think it was like November, I want to say 2019. It was like pre-pandemic. And I got access to LinkedIn Live back in the day, John, when they were approving people. You had to like apply and like get on your hands and knees and beg, please LinkedIn, (laughs) give me access. And now with creator mode, if you have it enabled on your profile, you get access to LinkedIn live. So it's really available to anyone. And I kind of see this as I'm, you know, maybe a year or so ahead of a lot of others who are just getting started with their LinkedIn lives. But I came to the conclusion, I think it was a a few of my um, guests would watch and said, when's your next podcast? And Ah. I said, I said, I don't have a podcast. And they said, no, I watch it on LinkedIn or I watch Mm. it on YouTube. And I said, oh, you must be referring to my LinkedIn Live. I don't know what my number is. I could probably look at my channel, but I know it's probably over 150 broadcasts I have right now. It's a a nice library. And I think when we had that initial conversation, I said, John, is there a way to convert this? And I kind of would like to do it myself. Maybe I outsource it. I don't know. But what do I need to know? Because I know there's a lot. So with that said, John, how do we repurpose our LinkedIn Lives into podcasts? What can you tell us? 
Well, the obvious piece is finding a way to convert the video file to an audio file. I'm not going to cover that in the presentation. That is a simple Google search or a simple file converter <laughs> online. I'll leave. That's the key you piece. You think of it all sounds it. simple, John, but that to me feels like very daunting. Like, how do I get it into? And then there's formatting and putting it on the site. There's a lot more than just converting. You make it sound simple because you know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And I can get into that later on. That that is the one piece that I'm skipping over in the presentation because yeah. I have a lot of content here. But I'm going to sort of cover three pieces, and that's before you record while you record and after you record. So I think at this point, should I share my screen? Yeah, go ahead. So as I mentioned about me, I'm actually a graduate of Syracuse University from 2002, worked full-time in radio from 04 to 17, mainly these five stations, including uh, the first two in Burlington, Vermont, two here in the Metro Detroit area, and then one in New Orleans, as if you couldn't tell, Voodoo 104 would be the New Orleans station. After I left my last radio job here in Detroit in 2017, I kind of saw radio on the downturn and podcasts really rising pretty quickly. So I started my podcast production company in 2018. And as I mentioned, I leveraged my experience to create broadcast quality podcasts, both in terms of the audio quality and the content for my clients. And my sort of tagline is, I believe that nobody knows your story better than you, and I can help you tell it. Let me talk to you for a second about video versus audio. Obviously, anybody interested in this call is doing video um, content on the web, which is great. However, you may have found out that video production, it's high expense. It takes a lot of time to produce it. If you're not just recording and posting it, you can and should only consume audio while stationary. I always say you can't watch a YouTube video while you're driving, or at least you really shouldn't. (laughs) You can listen to it. That's true. And that's part of what we're going to get into here. And scientifically, I'm not going to get too into anatomy here, but video engages less of your brain because the visual is right there in front of you. You may remember the TV called the boob tube back in the day because you just sit there and the visual is right in front of you. You don't have to think too much. Audio, on the other hand, a lot easier to produce. Consumed on the go. I listen to podcasts walking my dog every morning, every afternoon. She's spoiled. She gets two walks a day or, uh, (laughs) or when you're driving. And if you think back to growing up, whoever your favorite morning radio host was, you felt like you knew them. You had a personal connection to them because of the intimacy of audio. Your brain has to physically paint the picture when it's not there in front of you. More of your brain is engaged um, and scientifically 36% more memorable than video because you have to engage your brain. And then you throw headphones or AirPods in and I've got a direct line right into your brain and I'm really in there. General benefits of podcasting, most of you probably know most of this, but it's a medium that's built for smartphones. Our smartphones are always with us. It's instant information in your hand. It's better than uh, trying to find a radio station along a car ride or road trip. They push your brand in a way that's better than traditional advertising. For example, when we watch Shark Tank, we root for the person because we get to know their whole backstory. Podcasting has that same intimacy. And then ROI, it's got staying power more than anything else. Your social media posts may be gone very quickly, but a podcast can live forever. If you've got the evergreen content that's not too time sensitive, you can repurpose that into social media posts, into short videos, into transcriptions, SEO for your website. Um, And the podcast that I had listed there a moment ago, It Shouldn't Hurt to Be a Child, is a podcast we did with a child advocacy center here in Oakland County, Michigan, that uh, helps victims of child abuse. The project we just won an award for, so I'm very happy about that. So most of you who are in any kind of sales and marketing know about the dreaded sales funnel and the marketing funnel, and we've seen this ad nauseum. You skip the first couple steps with a podcast. You kind of skip the unaware and lead stage because somebody already knows you. They are aware of who you are. They are already engaged with you, and they may have some interest if they've already heard your podcast. And you can easily track leads from your podcast with a vanity URL or a call to action 
you know, go to jagindetroit.com slash podcast if you want to know more. And you can track the clicks to that specific link. It moves from leads and relationships to skeptics and fans. And I've got a quote up here that I love from Adweek, Chelsea Jade Campbell. Creating an audio campaign is a sought-after opportunity to connect your brand across multiple screenless worlds. That's a quote that I, I really caught my attention. So even with the LinkedIn Lives and webinars and things like that that I do, there's people that I meet, uh, sometimes I meet in person or I connect with, or like out of the blue, they'll reach out to me and hire me to do LinkedIn training for their team or something. And I have no idea who they are. And they, they say, I've been following you for years. Like they feel like they have this relationship with me. Like mm-hmm. I've never even heard their name, never even seen them. They've never subscribed. They've never connected with me up until they need the business. So when you said that, I'm like, yes, that's totally what this does. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for the uh, validation on that. Real quickly, this is a, just a quick graph of how podcasting has grown in the last 15 or so years. 79% of Americans age 12 and up, that equates to 226 million are now familiar with podcasts. So four out of every five people in the country. And you can see the, uh, the growth really take off the last few years, especially with the pandemic as well. Okay, I mentioned I'm going to talk about before, during, and after your presentation. We'll start with the before. This is a Blue Yeti microphone. You may have heard of it. It is the one microphone you should not be using, and I'll tell you why. It claims to be able to record multiple people around a table. It's terrible at it. Part of the reason is it's a condenser microphone. There are two types of microphones in terms of the guts inside it. A condenser microphone is built to pick up all the sound around. So unless you're in a really well-treated room, it's going to pick up the 18-wheeler outside your window. It's going to pick up the barking dog or screaming child in the other room. It's going to pick up everything. It only goes for about 100 bucks. Don't worry if you have one. I can help you get the most out of it. If you're not willing to buy another microphone, I can help you use it. But for 90% of people, it is not a good microphone. The microphone that I do recommend is made by Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N. As you can see here, the model is Q2U, and I'll tell you why I recommend this microphone. It comes with both a USB and an XLR connection. If you're not familiar with the XLR term, it's that little three-pin like you would see for a microphone cable. If you have a recorder that has that kind of connection, it comes with an input and a plug for that. And if you want to go straight into your computer by USB, you can do that as well. It is not condenser like the Blue Yeti. It's dynamic, meaning it's built to pick up your voice and less of the surrounding room. So you can be in in a random office and it's not going to pick up as much of that background noise. It's designed to pick up more of your voice. And this one's actually cheaper than the Blue Yeti. It's about 70 or 80 bucks. It's the Samsung Q2U. And by the way, this is not sponsored or paid or endorsed by Samson QG. Right, agreed. But uh, I want to kind of talk to my my listeners, my viewers, my watchers right now. For those people that have been watching me for a while, you you may have recalled at some point my audio got a lot better. (laughs) That was because John and I had this conversation. And at the time I had like a... I, I've got a, a desk that's a little bit hard to have a, a clamping microphone on it. So I had something that's kind of, it was kind of rigged on the, my desk and it wasn't ideal. I showed it to John and he's like, eh, it wasn't the Yeti, but it was something else. And he's like, it's not really ideal. And I was at the time I was getting ready to go into an audiobook recording as well. He's like, you should get something better. And he recommended the Samsung QTU. And that's what I use. So if you like my audio, Again, I paid for this myself. This is not sponsored or endorsed by the people at Samson. Although if they want to send us free product, we'd be happy to take it. But we do like their product. And I have to say, you know, the retail value, I think I paid about 60, 70 on Amazon. I'm going to drop the link in comments um, for folks that might be interested. Thank you for letting me jump in there. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and I have to say, Brenda, you sound great. Also, in addition to your microphone, you want to think about your recording environment. You know, if you've been doing videos or LinkedIn Lives like Brenda does, I'm sure you've thought about your background, what's behind you, what is the best looking room to present in, but have you thought about the best sounding? 
Generally, you want to avoid hard, flat, reflective surfaces because sound waves will bounce off those flat surfaces. Kitchens, bathrooms, high ceilings. Think about rooms with soft, poor surfaces like a bedroom, living room, office. I know a lot of podcasters use their walk-in closet. That might not work for a LinkedIn Live or a video, but rooms that have soft surfaces are better. An inexpensive solution if you don't have a room that sounds good is these sound dampening pads. You can see them behind me from Amazon. I actually converted a closet in my basement to a studio using this padding. You can also get it all kinds of colors too. Pretty inexpensive. I'm curious, John. Now, is your office and your podcast recording space, is it the same? Or do you go into like your closet to do these and then you work out of another place? I actually do work out of another place just ergonomically because Mm I had just for my neck and my back as, you know, I got to my 40s and realized I didn't bounce back as well as I used to. Um, I have an office upstairs that was a spare bed Bedroom, uh, that became an office prior to the pandemic where I do my editing. I take most of my calls, but if I'm recording in a studio, I come down here. I just carry my laptop down to my basement studio here and work down here. All right. Remote recording software. These are very popular. Only use them if you have to. If you are recording with somebody who was not very tech savvy, but learned Zoom in the pandemic, you got to do what you got to do. You got to meet people where they are if you have a guest that way. These are platforms not ideal, and I'll explain why. These are platforms like StreamYard that we're mm-hmm. on right now are great. And Brenda's going to ask me why that is, right? I kind of was on um, Zoom before Zoom was cool. So when everybody came on board during the pandemic, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm ahead of, you know, because I was doing virtual coaching at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but why should we be using these type of devices or software over Zoom? Because Zoom feels like so convenient. I can just pull it up and it's good to go, right? It is. And to be fair, Zoom has improved their audio quality. If you are using Zoom, look for a feature in Zoom called Use Original Sound. It's buried deep in the settings, but that is important. Uh, Without that, and some of the other ones like Teams and everything, you've heard guests may have that hollow, tinny Zoom sound where it sounds like there's almost some depth missing to their voice. And the reason for that is twofold. One, you're recording over an internet connection, and if somebody's kids are streaming Netflix, that might hurt your internet connection. Also, Zoom does not keep all the frequencies in the voice. Also, uh, before you're presenting, think about your visuals, because now you're also presenting to an audience who's only going to hear it and not see what you're presenting. So think about any visual parts of your presentation. Are you going to remove those references in editing the audio? Are you going to explain them for listeners who can't see it? It can be something as simple as saying, hey, if you're listening to the podcast version of this presentation, uh, this slide is just showing X, Y, Z. Sometimes I step out of camera, John. Don't freak out. I always come back. But like if I held up, hey, check out this book. Isn't this awesome? And I don't tell you what the book is. And then I set it down and people on the podcast are like, what book did she just hold? You guys know what book I held up. It was social media pie. You know that. But the people (laughs) that are in the audio, the playback, if they're listening to this, they're not able to see it. So It's almost like for the same reason, whenever I do a video, I always do burned in captions because there may be people listening with the sound off. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm doing a video presentation, if I'm holding something up, I try to say this is what I'm holding up for those folks that aren't able to see it. And it's something that you wouldn't necessarily think of, but it's so important if you are repurposing your content as audio. So have a plan for that. Okay, when doing the presentation, this is your presentation day. So prior to presenting, and this is something I've learned in my radio background, and not everybody knows this. 
You want to avoid carbonated beverages. You don't want any, you know, any gas or any burpage as you're presenting. Also avoid dairy. That can, not to be gross, but that can cause phlegm and it can affect your voice. I will confess I do have a little bit of creamer in my coffee this morning. I was going to ask then, do you go, do you go black with your coffee then for these? No, typically I don't present this early and I do need my coffee. So I'm breaking my own rule, but I've got a little (laughs) bit of creamer in my coffee. But as of right now, I'm trying to just stick to the water during the presentation. And also with water, not out of the fridge, not cold water. That can also affect your vocal cords. You want something closer to room temperature. Here's the thing that uh, Brenda and I ran into when we jumped on this morning before all of you joined us. A mic check. So first off, have your guest and your host as yourself tap on your mic. You can hear that. Can if, I tap on mine too, John? Because I'm getting like mic jealousy. Sure. Can you we hear can my, he- I can, yep. can kind of barely hear it. I'm sure our guests, if you guys can hear us tapping, let us know in comments. Yes, we yep, can hear and I heard, And I assume you heard me and I heard you, Brenda. I did. So, because all of these software programs, whether it's Zoom, StreamYard, uh, you name it, sometimes it'll pick up the wrong microphone. And as we were presenting this morning, you want to, as we jumped on this morning, Brenda, do you want to explain what happened? At this, yeah, this so morning? We, we, I always do my pre-call setup. And for those of you who've been on LinkedIn Live, you know my, my spiel. I get on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to run you through my spiel and then don't give you the chance to ask questions. And part of it, I like make sure we're in the right position. I, I tap my camera like I'm doing right now to say, look at the camera, not at the screen. And then I make sure we're at the same eye level, same distance to the camera. And we were going through and I was doing questions and I'm like, John, your sound just doesn't sound good. Like I can hear you but you just don't sound good. Is everything, are you plugged in? Cause it sounds like it's through the laptop, you know, and, and the trained ear kind of knows what that sound difference is when you've seen somebody on, or when you've heard somebody rather on really good audio quality and you know, they're not, I was, that's kind of what I identified. So are you able to, to toggle that off to show people right I now? I believe so. No? It looks like I was going to let me do it. So okay. what had happened, what had happened is for whatever reason, StreamYard picked up the microphone in my webcam across the room as my microphone and you'll notice a difference if i switch it back to that can you hear the difference now can we hear the difference tell us what you had for breakfast this morning john that's always what i use for a mic check uh this morning i had i'm jewish so i had some fried matzo with egg this morning for passover sounds delicious look at that isn't that amazing and it's just for me i always feel like the audio quality impacts quality perception yes when you hear john talking like he's sitting in a barrel (laughs) And and to prove the point, if I tap on the mic I think I'm using, I'm guessing you can't hear that. We can't hear anything. We can see your finger tapping, but we cannot hear you tapping. So now I'm going to switch back to uh, my professional microphone here. And I'm guessing you can hear the difference now. Isn't that amazing? It's almost like there's this place in, um, I think you might know this, John, in Detroit where you're driving to Toledo and you leave Michigan and then all of a sudden you're in Ohio and the roads are clear and smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Better maintained, different state laws. Yep. Yep. This is something that seems simple, but gets forgotten a lot, including I've forgotten to tell guests this too. Have guests turn mic, uh, their phone alerts off, and especially if they have a Mac that might be paired to their iPhone and they're getting the same alerts or the computer as their phone, have them mute those because they're uh, tricky to edit out in post-production. And if you're not doing the edit, it's just a distraction to the audience. Now, I always forget to do that, and I forgot to do it again today. Even though we talked about this yesterday, I'm like, oh, I got to do that. So... Do you have an iPhone or what kind of phone do you have? I have an iPhone and I right now I have it on do not disturb. So how do we, I, it's in setting. I'm like a little tech. Well, for together. for iPhone, um, <laughs> iPhone, you can just in the top right corner, slide that down and then to your menu there and turn on do not disturb. It's also in the main settings menu. And I assume it's something similar for Android. I've not used an Android. Oh, is it focus? Is it that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do not disturb. 
See you guys. In some areas of my life, I'm very tech savvy. And in others, like my phone, I'm like, where do I hit the button? You know, so that's good. Thank you for that little demonstration there, too. No, and also also worth noting, some of these platforms will record you and a guest on separate tracks. So if somebody's uh, phone dings as you're talking, if you're editing, you can just mute their track while it dings while you're talking. There's no uh, quality uh, issue there. Good to know. Awesome. Okay. Also. Stay on your microphone. So there's something called the proximity effect. It's very natural for us to sort of bounce around as we're doing a presentation. So most microphones have what's known as a proximity effect. So obviously, if I drift away from my microphone, I'll get quieter. But also, you'll lose the low-end bass in my voice. So if I get real close to my microphone here, you can hear that I'm very clear and I'm very loud, and you can hear the bass in my voice. But as I start to just move to the side and move away, not only do I get quieter, but the vo- the bass and the low-end comes out of my voice. Can you hear the difference there, Brenda? Absolutely. So... How close should we be to the camera? Should we like be a fist distanced away or what? what's your advice? So again, it's going to depend on your visual setup. If you're doing a visual, obviously you want to look okay. But that right. Samsung Q2U, for example, that I recommend, ideally a couple finger widths away from the microphone. You want to be up right. on it as close as possible so that you're still comfortable. You're still able to look at that camera. You're still able to see whatever notes you have. You want to be comfortable first and foremost. But beyond that, the closer the better. And I know the Samsung Q2U that you have, it comes with a little stand. You can put it on the desk and get it pretty close to you, actually. Yeah, so there's a little, I'm holding it up so you're going to hear yep. my sound quality changing on here. Yep. Um, but what I do like about this, and I have the USB on it, so when if I'm not interviewing or doing any of that recording, I'll move it off to the side because it is, it's like my, my laptop keyboard is right in front of me. So it does, it's a little like I've got to navigate around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after you present, there are a number of software programs that you can edit audio with. GarageBand is on Macs. Audacity for PC and Mac is a free one. If you want to mess around with that, that's not going to cost you anything. Mm-hmm. Adobe Audition, if you are creative and have the Adobe suite, that's what I use. Uh, Mac also has Logic. There are other ones built for podcasting, including Hindenburg and Reaper, Pro Tools. The best DAW, which stands for Digital Audio Workstation, is the one you're comfortable with. That's hmm. simple. Whatever one you you like the best. And I'm going to give you a quick example here. This is a podcast I recorded with a financial advisor client used with permission. I'm going to play you the before and after with the edit. The before is about 35 seconds. I think so. So let me ask you this then. You, you said that it doesn't always work and makes sense to use an annuity, but why should people use annuities and what are the advantages of doing so? I, I'm sorry, you have to repeat that. For some reason, Siri kicked in. Oh, okay. Took okay. over the controls. <laughs> so, so, Philip, you mentioned why sometimes an annuity isn't always the best move, but why should people use an annuity? What are the advantages to doing so? Well, there's there's several fold. Uh, one is that it, on an equity index, you can get some market uh, performance or participation uh, without any downside risk. So that was about 35 seconds. And subject matter aside, we're talking about annuities, not the most scintillating topic in the world. I was like, I was like way to drive a, a really dry concept in on us. <laughs> right. So before the edit's about 35 seconds. After the edit you'll hear here is about 17. This is the same conversation, the same piece of the conversation edited. Philip, you mentioned why sometimes an annuity isn't always the best move, but why should people use an annuity? What are the advantages to doing so? There's several fold. One is that on an equity index, you can get some market performance or participation without any downside risk. That's it. Wow. It, it was like all the fumbles in the, I mean, it wasn't really, it's just human conversation. It's yeah. the, the things that you took out, right? Yeah. 
Also, if you are looking for a quick and dirty solution, this is a new tool that I've started using. It's called Descript. It's spelled D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T, like Descript. Um, it's good for quick and dirty editing. What it'll do is it will transcribe your presentation, so you can have a transcription online on the web, which is great for SEO, and you can actually edit in the transcription that corresponds to the audio. So it's like editing a Word doc if you're not familiar with audio editing. Uh, the caveat here. It's not as good as a human editor. A lot of it is AI. It's very good at removing standalone stumble words like um and uh, stuff like kinda, you know, I think, sorta, that typically blends into the next word in a sentence. It's not as good at editing. If you do have a situation where you're on Zoom or somebody's on AirPods, they have a new feature called Studio Sound that uses AI to make it sound more like studio quality audio. It's not foolproof, wow. but it's a pretty impressive tool. Now, I'm curious. I've used a service called Happy Scribe for transcription for my videos. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or if it sounds pretty similar to Descript. Like I upload my MP4 mm -hmm. and it does the machine automated AI transcription or captioning rather. And then I can go into the, uh, the file and make the word changes before I export. Right. Um, I pay for that. I'm assuming Descript is the same. You have to pay for the service, right? Yeah, Check. depending on the level, it can run you anywhere from 15 to $50 a okay. month. What you're talking about, Brenda, is editing the actual transcription, which right. I think a lot of these, if you're using AI, they I would say uh, about 90% accurate. They're pretty good. But what this program will do, you can edit the text only, or you can have it toggled so that when you're editing the text, it also edits the audio. So if you okay. snip an um or an uh out of the text, it also comes out of the audio. Which I Wow. Think okay. So this is really designed for podcasting, whereas mine is video. And I think right. video doesn't get out of it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, I really like the tool a lot. I think it, there are a lot of uh, practical applications for it. Okay. Quickly, we get into the podcasting piece of it. So like a website, a podcast has to live somewhere. It has to be hosted somewhere. The audio has to physically be somewhere. There are a number of popular hosts, Blueberry, Libsyn, and Simplecast are three that I use. Simplecast is the one that I use the most. I, full disclosure, I'm a referral partner of theirs. So it has to live somewhere. Now you pay for the hosting. You pay essentially renting space on the internet. And typically they're about $15.15 a month, pretty inexpensive. Once you are paying for your host and it lives somewhere, it is free to get the podcast out to all the podcast apps. The apps want content. I will say beware free hosts like Anchor. You may not have all the rights to your own content. Nothing free is really free. No such thing as a free lunch. Insert your cliche here. Uh, there are some podcast hosts that offer free hosting. I like the ones that you pay for because they give you a lot better analytics as well. And to publish a podcast, you need two things. You need one piece of audio and you need show artwork. You have that little uh, image you see when you listen to a podcast. Once you have the artwork and one piece of audio, these hosts will generate an RSS feed, which is a simple URL, which you can see an example of on the screen here. And that is going to be what you give to Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. And they will then start pulling your audio in from your host whenever you publish an episode. You publish an episode, within probably an hour or two, all the apps will check that feed and pull in your new audio. The big three podcast apps, or the big three podcast discovery platforms, I should say, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And that includes audio only on YouTube. All the other podcast apps each represent less than 2% of total listening. So the places you need to be are Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Now, here's the thing, though. I say go where your audience is. 
It's not going to cost you anything to put your podcast on Amazon, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and others. It'll take you about 30 seconds to submit it. Being in places where people might find you, if that's their podcast app of choice, it can't hurt you. It can only help you. And also, Facebook in the last uh, six months or so has begun allowing podcasts on business pages. Not personal pages, not group pages, but you can connect your RSS feed to your Facebook business page. Every time you publish a new episode, Facebook will uh, display that. Not on desktop, but on mobile. Quickly promote your show everywhere. Obviously, like Brenda does a great job promoting her LinkedIn Lives on across all social media platforms. The top three ways people find podcasts. Internet search, keep SEO in mind when you're writing your show notes. Old school word of mouth, a recommendation from friends and family. New school word of mouth, social media. You'll get a lot of people spamming you saying, hey, I can get to the top of Apple podcast charts. It's a scam. It doesn't matter. People aren't looking for the top of Apple's charts. They're searching on Google and they're getting recommendations. Quickly beat the algorithm. You can post on every social media app, but how do you know you're going to see it? Your audience is going to see it. Ask them to follow your show so that Apple and Spotify will send an alert to their phone when you send out a new episode. And it's a little bit in the weeds here. People used to say subscribe to my podcast. There are now subscription models that creators are charging audiences for. So the trend in the industry now is to say follow, as in follow me on Twitter. Follow implies free. Subscribe now implies it's going to cost you something. Unless you're charging your audience, the trend now is to say follow instead of subscribe. So should we go back if we have a podcast that says subscribe, should we edit it to say follow or is it not worth going back in time? What do you think? Unless it's something you can do quickly and easily, I don't think it's worth going back and changing okay. everything previously. But going forward, I would say follow. It's not the end of the world if you slip and out of habit, say subscribe, but I recommend using follow going forward. And then even better, and most of you in marketing know this, an email list is going to be great. Uh, you can send an email out every time you release a new episode guaranteed to somebody's inbox, not relying on an algorithm. The QR code, big winner in the pandemic. You can also use a QR code to direct people to a link to listen to your podcast. Real simple. And finally, Brenda and I are here in Metro Detroit with the nod to Detroit and Aretha <laughs> and the Queen. I say R-E-S-P-E-C-T, your audience. Your audience is making time to commit to listen to your podcast. Don't waste their time with endless banter and tangents. Hey, uh, crazy, we had snow here in Detroit yesterday in the middle of April. Or, hey, went to this great new breakfast place. Get to the point. Don't waste their time with poor quality audio. Brenda and I talked about that earlier. Inconsistent volume. I'm sure you've all heard a podcast where the host is really loud and then the guest is really quiet and you're messing <laughs> and you're messing with the audio knob in the car and it's driving you crazy and distracting you while you're driving. And you know, um, uh, like you know, um, other like um, um, like uh, stuff. Oh gosh, yeah. Can you go back to the previous slide just for a second, or the one where you're talking about don't waste your audience this time? Which one was that? Yes, because uh, I want to give a shout out to anybody who's doing a LinkedIn Live right now. Um, I see a lot of people and newbies. I did this too. Back in the day, I did the same thing. I got on. I'm like, is it working? Is the live stream picking up? Is it working? Hold on. I got to check. Is it working? Do you guys see this? Is it working? Okay. There's the comments. Let's read through this one. And I, meanwhile, I got John over here tapping his microphone. Like, when are we going to get going? Are we going to talk? You know, I, I definitely want to engage. And that's why early on I say comment, let us know where you're watching from. That helps me to know the live stream is working. Then I want to get going. And pretty early on in the broadcast, I want to introduce the topic. I want to talk about why it's going to be exciting, why I'm excited about it, and get to the point because of that whole respect element that's in there. So thank you for that. And for those folks that are getting on LinkedIn Live, watch a couple of mine. Even message me on LinkedIn. I'll send you a couple of my early ones. I'll send you a couple of my later ones. You're going to see the difference. Think about how it engages you as a listener in there as well. It's so important to keep their attention. You know, there's so many great 
points that you covered in the talk here today. John, I want to actually start to open this up to our audience. If you do have any questions about repurposing your LinkedIn Live into a podcast or any questions in general about podcasts, I had a couple questions that I thought about as you were um, going through today, John. Can I do this for free? Can I do this for myself for free? Like I have audacity. Mm-hmm. And right now I don't really want to pay, I don't know how much this is going to cost, outsource thousands and thousands of dollars to do the production. So can I do it for myself for free? And then maybe later on scale up and start to outsource it to someone or what are your thoughts on that? You absolutely can. And really it depends on, not to be cliche here, Brenda, but what's, what's your time worth? Yeah, It can be a rabbit hole. If you're just saying, okay, maybe you took a few notes and said, okay, um, we lost the connection from 30 minutes and two seconds till 40 minutes and one second. I'm going to cut that 10 minutes. If you're simply cutting chunks of unnecessary content out, it's not going to take you that long. But if you start getting detailed and going through every um and ah uh and like and you know, that's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. What is your time worth? Is it worth at that point hiring somebody like me or another podcast editor to say, hey, just edit this for me. I'll pay you whatever it is. And Okay. And another question I have, and I'll, I'll say hypothetically, I have a friend who has a LinkedIn Live and she's got you know 150 of them. This, might, this friend might sound familiar. She really has no idea how to do this whole process. Even when you talked about like the cover art, can you do everything A to Z? If she were to give you all of these files, 150 podcasts, MP4s, put them on a Google Drive for you, could you walk her through the process? I'm assuming there's a little bit of a consultation here and what are your goals and you know, sure. adding in the call to action. Is that something that you do? And do you help with the intro, the outro? Because my LinkedIn Lives are not designed for a podcast. They are interviews. Mm-hmm. And to your point earlier, there's sometimes we hold up things. Sometimes people do slide deck presentations. Some of the interviews... They're very lovely people, but some of the interviews would not be good for a podcast. They just don't have that personality that I would want to have when I listen to a podcast. So can you do all of that A to Z? The only thing that I don't do in in full disclosure, I just just outsource this, is the actual artwork. And the artwork is, it has to be square, not rectangular. So a height has to match width, minimum 1600 by 1600 pixels, maximum 3000 by 3000 pixels. Those are Apple's specifications and they work for everything else. But yes, I can create, uh, I can do a voiceover intro, outro, get intro and outro music for you, help you set, walk through setting up the whole account. And in addition to you know, what I would charge a, a consult or for an edit, the only cost to you beyond my help would be the $15 a month to have that subscription to the hosting platform for the podcast to live Okay. With. So there's kind of an initial fee to go through and get everything set up. And then there's just the ongoing hosting fee. And I will mention, Brenda, if you don't mind me m- mentioning a sure, little bit yeah. about rates, you, you mentioned thousands and thousands of dollars. You're a little bit high with that estimate. When it comes to editing audio for a client, if your audio is less than 30 minutes, I edit it for $99. And if it's between 30 and 60, it's 199 So okay. it's So it's pretty, you know, um, again, depending on how many you want to convert. And that's the detailed edit. That is the full boat, taking out all the ums and ahs and stuff like that. Yeah. So April has a question related. We're talking about length. What do you think is the ideal length of a podcast interview? April, that is the number one question that I get from clients and potential clients. I'm glad you asked. And the answer is going to sound like a cop-out. The answer is as long as it's good. Uh, There there used to be a myth that it should be about 22 or 23 minutes because that was the average American length of a commute. It's also the length of a Hmm. sitcom when you take out the commercials. That said, some of the most successful podcasts in the world are hours long and people have it. Um, look, I'm not going to get into politics or, or lightning, lightning rod stuff. Joe Rogan has the most successful podcast in the world when it comes to numbers. And his yeah. podcast will sometimes go two or three hours. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm not saying any podcast should go two or three hours. On the flip side of it, a client of mine here, a nonprofit client, the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, 
was uh, doing an interview with a cancer doctor down at Carmanos Cancer Institute here in Detroit. She was playing a 30-minute interview. The doctor was fantastic. Every answer he gave was concise, very easy to follow for a layperson. She asked all her questions. He answered them brilliantly. She looked at me and said, how long was that? And I said, 15 minutes. And she said, well, what do we do for the other 15 minutes? I said, nothing, we're done. This podcast uh, is 15 minutes. So yeah. the last thing you want to do is stretch to hit some sort of artificial number. When you're done, you're done. And as you continue to do this and including doing LinkedIn Live presentations, right. you'll have a feel for when the content wraps. It doesn't have to be a specific length. You might have an, a guest on an interview that's great and you were planning on 30, but it goes 45. That's okay. You might have someone that wraps up quickly, you're planning on 30 and it goes 15. That's okay. It doesn't have to be a specific length. If you really wanted to pin me down to a number, I'd say for most podcasts under 30 minutes, as you think about the goldfish attention span of most of us these days, if you had to get a number, I'd say under 30, but really as long as the content is good and you've got to really be careful in judging that. Good to know. Um, you're giving me a lot of things to think about. And when you were talking about the cost not being thousands and thousands of dollars, in my, I mean, I, in my head, I don't know, you know, I think of 150 interviews. Or I should be charging more. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. But maybe, I, you know, it's just it just feels overwhelming and daunting. But I loved your point, John, of what is the value of your time. And this is something I talk about when I'm talking to somebody about doing a LinkedIn coaching or a profile mm -hmm, rewrite or mm -hmm. um, optimization, rather. They will say, and my son even jokes with me, he's like, why do people pay you? They could do this themselves. They could go on YouTube. They could go on Google. They can look these things up. I said, yes, but it would take them hours and hours to go through YouTube and Google. And Google's not going to say exactly what you need to do with your headline and why. And the analogy I like to use is kind of like, I could learn how to change the oil in my car. My change oil light just came on like I got a <laughs> appointment to go in. But I think about what would that require? I'd have to figure out what kind of oil it takes. I have to go buy the oil. I'd have to figure out how to change oil. I have to get under my car. I'm going to get messy. I'm going to get greasy. It's cold outside. Take my money. Like, here's my money. Take my money. I don't want to do that. And the time that I don't spend learning how to change the oil in my car, I can use for LinkedIn coaching. So think about the value, your hourly rate, what it's worth. The more that you get to outsource, the more that time frees you up. Absolutely. And I think about even with a podcast, like my big thing is like, Am I doing it just to say I have it or is there a way to monetize it? So is it always important, John, to think about monetization or bringing that back to some type of a call to action to bring in business or can it just be for thought leadership? What do you think? It can be. And I think a fallacy that a lot of people run into is I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan or the next Daily for the New York Times and I'm going to make money during this podcast. You really have to be at it for a while. Some would say one to two years before you start monetizing it before you get to the level where you're going to um, start bringing in sponsors. That said, if you have a really niche podcast, the example I always use, we've heard of the, all, the basket weaving 101 in college. If you had a podcast about basket weaving, you might only have 50 people that are really into it that listen to your podcast. Right. But I'll bet you there's a basket company that really would love to get in front of 50 people who are passionate enough about basket weaving and listen to a podcast about it. That's very, very true. There's people passionate about everything out there. I love yep. it. I mean, I even think as you're talking right now, um, what could I tie it to? I have a couple online masterclasses I could promote at the end, and those don't require more of me. It's just it's signing up for them. So you're getting my gears going, John. I may be talking to you very soon. Let's go and finish a couple more questions, though. Scott. Hey, Scott. Scott's my headshot photographer, by the way. Highly recommend. He's in Troy. Do you think it's worth posting audio from YouTube as is? Or is it better to re-edit the audio and remove the YouTube-specific language? That's a great question, Scott. And it kind of goes back to what Brenda was just saying. It's, it's value of time money. If you're able to send it out and have a detailed edit, great. Really clean it up and take that stuff out. If it's really 
a matter of, hey, I want to have the presence on a podcast and I want to have it go out to the world and, and I want to be on these platforms, but I've got 30 YouTube videos and I just don't have the time or the resources to hire somebody to go through and do a detailed edit. I think you're okay for the most part. Just keep in mind, if you have a lot of visuals in a YouTube video that are now in an audio, every time you do that, you've got a friction point with your audience. If you're referencing a visual that they can't see. So think about that in terms of the trade-off is how much of it is worth your time to save the audience that friction. I've even seen sometimes, John, where people will have like the podcast is kind of like the sound clip at the bottom, at the top of the screen. And then at the bottom, it's like the embedded YouTube video. So you can watch it with the video in as well. Is that a good technique or what do you think about that? It can be. The interesting thing is YouTube has really taken off in terms of podcast discovery in the last six months to a year or so. The problem right now is that YouTube views do not count with your podcast host because YouTube is not pulling from that RSS feed that mm -hmm. Apple and Spotify okay. are. So now if you want to look at your metrics as far as how many listens or views you've got, you've got to combine those numbers. I think in the next six months to a year, that's going to change and that might be one fell swoop altogether to uh, look at it in one place. But as of right now, you've got to like, if I want to see how many people listen to my recent show, I've got to see how many watch the Facebook video or how mm -hmm. many watch the YouTube video and then how many listen to the podcast. So yeah. you have to aggregate that stuff. So it's good to be on YouTube that where you want to direct them to listen really kind of is a lot of A-B testing and trial and error. Good point. Wow. And I, I normally wrap these interviews up, you know, we start kind of going into Q&A at 935 and we wrap around 945. But to your point, John, the conversation was going really, I had additional questions too. like, selfishly, I book people that I want to learn more about. And I'm like, I know others are going to benefit from my Thank questions you. as well. We went a little bit longer, but I do want to start to wrap because I know we've got both got busy days here. Actually, first, I'm going to show your LinkedIn um, profile up on screen, John. And are you open to connecting with people on LinkedIn? Absolutely. Or what Absolutely. is your... Yep. Okay. And LinkedIn here's your, your LinkedIn profile. Hey, what was your tagline, your catchphrase again? What was that, John? You said- It probably belongs on my LinkedIn profile. So I'm, I think that might be where you're well, going here. I, I, let, me, let me get you there. But what is it again? What's the one liner? Nobody knows your story better than you. I can help you tell it. So this line right here is called your headline on your LinkedIn profile. What you have is common, what other people have, job title at company, and it pulls from your experience section. You get 220 characters in that field, John, if I were you. I would put that catchphrase at the beginning. I love and it. Then, and then put a pipe symbol and then podcast creator, founder at JAG in Detroit podcast at the end, because that will help you to come up in searches. But I think that catchphrase, it was really interesting. The storytelling, you know, I like that. That might help you to get more people to come over to your profile to check you I, out. I love it. Thank you for the tip. That's uh, my first item on my to-do list after today's call. There you go. And um, for those folks watching, I might in remind you, if you do visit John's profile and invite him to connect, mention that you heard him on this LinkedIn Live today. Mention that you heard him talking to Brenda today. Sometimes that just helps. Including that note when you send out the invitations will help you get more conversations started and um, start to build trust and relationships as well. Let's see. Anything else? How can we get a hold of you? Is the best way, John, to go to your website or what's the best way for us to learn more about you? It is jagindetroit.com. My email is jag at jagindetroit.com. Or you can call me. It's uh, I, have a little, I have a Google voice number that I was able to get the vanity number. It's 313-757-2JAG. So any, uh, uh, any, way, uh, any way you want to reach out, uh, everything is also contained on my website, jagindetroit.com. Awesome. Thank you, John. And then any final comments for us today on folks that are thinking about repurposing their LinkedIn lives into a podcast? If you haven't figured it out, uh, JAG is my initials, uh, J-A-G. So uh, <laughs> middle name is Alexander. So um, I joked that my mom gave me the middle name Alexander because she thought I was destined for great things and she was a little bit off. But anyway, um, 
<laughs> no, podcasting is really one of the fastest growth areas online right now. It was turbocharged during the pandemic, of course, as people were adjusting their routines. And it's yeah. really an amazing way to connect with your audience using the intimacy of audio. And if you have existing great content from video, why not repurpose it as audio and connect with an even bigger audience? Very good. Well, awesome, John. Thank you. This has inspired me. Like We're going to probably continue the conversation because I I have uh, on my my to-do list, my master kind of like list, I want to get my, I've got a master class I'm finishing right now. And then as soon as I'm done with that, the next thing I'm going to tackle is the podcast and I'll definitely be reaching out to you. So thank you so much and letting me pick your brain here today. Really honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And um, I want to remind everyone, if you are watching this a little bit later, you can go back and watch the replay of this. This will sit on LinkedIn. It'll also be on YouTube later on. Um, You can also click to share the video if you wouldn't mind. As soon as this is done, as soon as the feed is done, go back to the video. There's a little share button arrow at the bottom. Click to share it. And that counts as your LinkedIn post for the week. When you share it, tag John in the post and tell people something that you learned by watching the podcast. Please. You know, the interview, the interview slash podcast, right? You never know when it's going to help someone in your network. And then you are seen as a thought leader. You are seen as a helpful resource and you are seen as a, a more awesome person. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so thank you again, everyone, for watching. You can continue to leave your comments. I'll be sure to share the link with John in case we didn't get to your questions today. But I do wish everyone a wonderful week. It was a delight having you again, John. I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. Thanks so much, Brenda. All right, guys. Have a wonderful day. I will see you all on LinkedIn. And uh, remember to click to share the video. If you enjoyed it, leave a comment and let John know how awesome these tips were today. Stay safe and stay healthy. I'll see you all on LinkedIn. Take care, everyone.